or good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is for you as you join us for Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. My name is Michael Talercio. I'm the pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, the church that produces this devotional series, this video or podcast audio series. You're joining us for day number 420. We're walking through the Gospel of Mark, and we're getting quite close to the end. Mark is 16 chapters long, and today we're looking at chapter 14. So, uh, just a word up front, it's a long chapter. It's a heavy chapter. So we're not only going to need the Lord's help, as we always do, uh, in order to understand His Word and to believe and apply it, to remember it, but also just to kind of be brief. So let's pray. Hopefully the Lord will enable us to have a a quick, uh, clear little exposition from today's large chapter, which is worth our time thinking about um, on our own individually. Let's go to him in prayer and ask for his blessing. Father, thank you that you have given us this uh, day, this opportunity here to know who you are, to know what you're like as we look at your son, Jesus. We pray, Father, that we would be struck as we read this text, as we think about it together, uh, that we would be uh, moved to gratitude for what Jesus endured on our behalf, that we would also be uh, affected by the various other persons in the text as well, that we might see how each of these different people that also interact with Jesus uh, can instruct us, Lord, how we might be like some of them, uh, maybe should be more like some of them, Lord, at times. And we pray, Father, for your blessing as we as we read and uh, as we think about Mark chapter 14 this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, beginning in verse 1. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him, that is Jesus, by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand. For burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. 
there prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they began to be sorrowful and to say to one another, to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And they did not know what to answer. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as 
against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is this that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy! And all the guards received him, and the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. We see a number of people interacting with Jesus in today's passage while he's on his way to the cross. And let's not overlook the very important fact that Jesus is on his way to the cross intentionally, not as a result of happenstance. He's been telling his disciples over and over again that he would be killed by the chief priests and the scribes and the authorities, and on the third day that he would rise from the dead. Chapters 8, 9, and 10 at least allude to that. And yet, they don't seem to get it. Somebody gets it in today's passage, or at least in a way. The woman that we read of toward the very beginning of chapter 14, verses 3 to 9, she anoints Jesus for burial. Now, whether or not she knew exactly what she was doing, the fact of the matter is, verse 8 says, she has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. It, it seems like 
Jesus is suggesting that she did understand what was going to happen to Jesus and that she was intentionally anointing him for burial. But nevertheless, what she has done, Jesus considers beautiful. And I thought it would be helpful just to briefly contrast this woman's behavior with that of Peter in today's text. Because out of all the people who ought to understand what Jesus is doing, and intentionally so, Peter doesn't seem to get it. Jesus told him back in chapter 8, right after Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, that he was going to die and rise again, and Peter rebuked Jesus because Peter didn't understand what it means that Jesus is the Christ. And even here, he's arguing with Jesus. He's adamantly opposed to Jesus going to the cross, or at least to him betraying Jesus, him denying Jesus, him walking away from Jesus. He he can't seem to understand the fact that that's exactly what's in store, that he himself will be unable to stand with Jesus in the day of Jesus's trial. And I think it's helpful for us to see in Peter's reaction to Jesus, in the way that he goes about interacting here with Jesus, just to see that being a faithful servant of Jesus sometimes means first admitting that we're totally unfaithful to him. Sometimes we have to realize that we have nothing to give to the Lord before we can actually be used by him. And I think that Jesus is graciously setting Peter up to understand this in today's text. He tells him toward the end of our passage that he was to deny Jesus three times before the rooster crows twice. What's unique about Mark's gospel account is that he records that it would be before the rooster crowed twice that Peter would deny Jesus three times. And the reason that little insight is helpful is just because we know that Peter heard the rooster crow at least once before He denied Jesus all three times. It says in verse 68, he denied it. This is upon his first denial that he was with Jesus, the Nazarene. He denied it saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And when he went out into the gateway, the rooster crowed. So here's a chance for Peter to hear. If there was ever anything that might shock somebody into reality, it's the sound of a rooster crowing loudly nearby. I don't know if you've ever heard one of those, but Peter should have been caught by that and realized what he had just done, but he's not. He's so far from being able to stand with Jesus that he's he doesn't even hear the rooster crow a single time, the first time. And then he denies Jesus again. And then he denies Jesus again. And brothers and sisters, it's not until that third denial that there's real healing for Peter. He breaks down and weeps at the close of our passage for today. And I'd like to just invite us to think about that for a quick second here. It's not a bad thing to recognize that we have denied Jesus. It's it's a bad thing to deny him. It's not a bad thing to recognize when we have. It's actually the most important thing for us to do in those moments. Not to suppress the reality that we've denied him. Not to turn the other cheek, as it were, after denying him, as though it didn't really matter or as though we were being called to ignore it or to do something in our own strength and our own power to re reconfirm our commitment to Jesus, Peter weeps as a result of his denial of Jesus. 
it might be appropriate for us to weep on occasion as well. Jesus had to die. The woman at the beginning of the passage seemed to understand that Jesus is doing something that none of us can do. She anointed him for burial. Peter comes to understand that in a more deep way than most people ever have. And so if we find that we don't live up to our own expectations to serve Jesus, number one, recognize that the desire you have to serve him is a good thing. Number two, recognize that you don't have what it takes to serve him, and neither do I, that we need to be reconfigured by him. And number three, that he wants to do that. He told Peter ahead of time that he would deny him three times, not because he didn't love Peter and didn't want Peter to serve him, but because he did, because he wanted Peter to understand that Peter has nothing to give to God, and neither do we, but God has a whole lot to give to us. And it's through Jesus going forward with this evil that he's experiencing in today's passage, and even more so in in next time's passage, chapter 15. It's through that that Peter can be restored, that we can be restored and used by God to do good works in praise of him for his glory and for our edification. Let's go to him in prayer now and thank him that, that he went to the places that we can't go when we abandoned him, when we fell asleep on him, when we abandoned and denied him outrightly. He did what we needed him to do so that we could live in a way that we don't deserve. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have sent your son, that your son has done what we needed him to do. Thank you, Jesus, that you, in that terrible hour, Lord, that you didn't turn, but you went forward with your father's will. Thank you that you tenderly and firmly spoke to your disciples, especially to Peter, who had insisted that he would go with you to death who couldn't even stay awake while you were praying, O Jesus, and who afterward denied you three times, Lord. Thank you that you loved him enough to lead him through all of that. And in doing so, you're leading us through our own failures, Lord, to be refreshed and reminded and restored to you, reminded of who you are, that you alone can do the work that we need. We needed to be done on our behalf. Jesus, you didn't die for nothing, Lord. You died to save us from our sin. Thank you, Lord, that not only did you do that, but then you restore and you you repurpose us, you, you refashion us and you reshape us to serve you well. May we do that today and into the future for your glory, Lord Jesus, through the work and through the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray, O oh God. Amen. Well, I hope you all have been blessed by this short look at a rather substantive passage of Scripture. And I'd encourage you to go back through Mark 14 and be refreshed by Jesus doing for Peter doing for all of his people what they can't do for themselves. Hope you'll also be back with us as we continue through 2 Samuel tomorrow. Until then, have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm